It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Joyous Story of Toto by Laura E. Richards. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. Chapter 4. Born in Africa. I was born, said the parrot, in Africa. It was a lovely afternoon, and Toto's friends were once again assembled around the cottage door. The parrot, as the storyteller of the day, was perched in great state on the high back of an old-fashioned easy chair which Toto had brought out for his grandmother. The old lady sat quietly knitting, with Bruin on one side of her and Coon on the other, while Toto lay on the grass at her feet, alternately caressing the wood pigeon and poking the woodchuck to wake him up. When the parrot said, I was born in Africa, all the animals looked very wise, but said nothing, so she added, Of course, you all know where Africa is. Of course, said the raccoon hastily. Certainly, I should hope so. We know where it is. If you come to that, we know where it is. Coon, said Toto, laughing. What a humbug you are. How is Africa bounded, old fellow? Tell us if you know so well. North by the Gulf States, south by Kalamazoo, east by Mount Everest, and west by the Straits of Frangipani replied the raccoon, without a moment's hesitation. Miss Mary looked much disgusted. Africa, she said, as every person of education knows, with a withering glance at the raccoon, is the exact center of the universe. It is the most beautiful of all lands, a land of palm trees and crocodiles, ivory and gold dust, sunny fountains and... Oh! cried Toto eagerly. Excuse me for interrupting, Miss Mary, but are the sands really golden? Where's Africa's sunny fountains, you know, roll down their golden sands? Is that really true? Certainly, replied Miss Mary. Dear me, yes. A fountain wouldn't be called a fountain in Africa if it hadn't golden sands. It would be called a cucumber wood pump, suggested the woodchuck drowsily. Toto, said the parrot sharply, if I am interrupted any more, I shall go home. Will that woodchuck be quiet, or will he not? He will, he will, cried Toto. We will all be very quiet, Miss Mary, and not say a word. Pray, go on. Miss Mary smoothed her feathers, which had become quite ruffled, and continued. I was not a common wild parrot. I should think not, indeed. 
my mother came of a distinguished family and was the favorite bird of the great bugabahoo king of central africa and i as soon as i was fully fledged became the pet and darling of his only daughter the princess polpetti ah happy indeed were the first years of my life i was the princess's constant companion she used to make songs in my honor and sing them to her royal father while he drank his rum and water they were lovely songs would you like to hear one of them all the company declared that it was the one desire of their hearts so clearing her throat and cocking her head on one side miss mary sang cham 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 kickery boo fairest fowl that ever grew fairest fowl that ever growed how you brighten my abode how you ornament the view cham 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 kickery boo cham 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 kickery boo you have wit and beauty too you can dance and you can sing you can tie a pudding string is there aught you cannot do cham 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 kickery boo that was her opinion of my merits continued the parrot modestly indeed it was the general opinion as i was saying i was the princess's constant companion all day i hung about her sitting on her shoulder or flying about her head all night i slept perched on her nose-ring which she always hung upon a hook when she went to bed ah that nose-ring i wish i had never seen it it was the cause of all my misfortunes of my lovely princess's death and my own exile and yet it was a lovely thing in itself i observe madam continued the parrot addressing the grandmother that you wear no nose-ring such a pity there is no ornament so becoming in africa it is a most important article of dress i may say the most important can i not persuade you to try the effect thank you replied the grandmother smiling i fear i am too old miss mary even if it were the custom in this country to wear nose-rings which i believe it is not but how was the princess's nose-ring the cause of your misfortunes pray tell us the parrot looked sadly at the grandmother's nose and shook her head such a pity she repeated it would be so becoming you would never regret it however she added you shall hear the rest of my sad story the princess's nose-ring was as you may infer from the fact of my being able to swing in it a very large one she was a connoisseur in nose-rings and had a large collection of them of which collection this was the gem it was of beaten gold encrusted with precious stones no other nose in the kingdom would have sustained such a weight but hers ah hers was a nose in a thousand pardon me said the raccoon softly do i understand that a long nose is considered a beauty in africa it is indeed replied the parrot it is indeed you would be much admired in africa mr coon the raccoon looked sideways at his sharp-pointed nose and stroked it complacently ah he observed i agree with you miss mary as to africa being the centre of the earth pray go on i need hardly say continued the parrot 
that the jeweled nose-ring was the envy of all the other princesses for miles around. Foremost among the envious ones was the Princess Panka, the daughter of a neighboring king. She never could have worn the nose-ring. Her nose was less than half an inch long, and she was altogether hideous. But she wanted it, and she made up her mind to get it by foul means, if fair ones would not do. Accordingly, she bribed the princess's boggin. "'The princess's what?' asked the bear. "'Boggin,' repeated the parrot testily. "'The princess's boggin. Don't tell me you don't know what a boggin is.' "'Well, I don't,' replied sturdy Bruin. "'And what's more, I don't believe anyone else does.' The parrot looked around, but as no one seemed inclined to give any information respecting boggins, she continued. The boggin is a kind of lizard found only on the island of Boggin Chunka. It is about five feet long, of a brilliant green color. It invariably holds the end of its tail in its mouth, and moves by rolling, while in this position, like a child's hoop. In fact, it is used as a hoop by African children, hence the term boggin. It feeds on the chunka, a triangular yellow beetle found in the same locality, hence the name of the island, Boggin Chunka. The Boggin is a treacherous animal, as I have found to my cost. The one belonging to my mistress was a very beautiful creature, and much beloved by her. Yet he betrayed her in the basest manner, as you shall hear. The Princess Panka, finding that the Boggin was very fond of molasses candy, bribed him by the offer of three pounds of that condiment to deliver the princess into her hands. The plot was arranged, and the day set. On that day, as usual, the boggin rolled up to the door after dinner, and the princess, taking me on her shoulder, went out for her usual afternoon play. She caressed the boggin. Ah, faithless wretch, how could he bear the touch of that gentle hand? And then struck him lightly with her silver hoop-stick. He rolled swiftly away, and we followed, Polpetti bounding as lightly as a deer, while I sat upon her shoulder, undisturbed by the rapid motion. Away rolled the boggin, away and away, over the meadows and into the forest, away and away bounded the princess in pursuit. The golden nose-ring flashed and glittered in the sunlight. The golden bangles on her wrists and ankles tinkled and rang their tiny bells as she went. Faster and faster, faster and faster, the monkeys, swinging by their tails from the branches, chattered with astonishment at us. The wild parrots screamed at us. All the birds sang and chirped and twittered. Come, come, twiddle-dee-dum, see, see, twiddle-dee-dee, hi, hi, kickery-kai, they have no wings, and yet they fly. And truly, we did seem to fly, so swift was our motion. At length I became alarmed, and begged the princess to turn back. She had never before gone so far into the forest unattended, I told her, and there was no knowing what dangers might lurk in its leafy depths. But alas, 